Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley at 10% chances of getting elected president. 80% of Republicans believe that Trump has the best chance of winning in November. So where does that leave Florida Governor Ron DeSantis? Well, this morning we have learned that he is shifting his resources to South Carolina, moving most of his staff to that state. He'll spend the final weekend before the New Hampshire primary campaigning in South Carolina, even though that contest is still five weeks away. DeSantis still insisting that... Here's the five weeks away. Guys, what are you doing? Listen to our buddy John Cardillo, guys. It's time to fold it up. Listen, if you are a conservative, rock solid conservative candidate like Ron DeSantis is, right? And God bless him. He's a great governor. But if you can't win the conservative state as a conservative candidate, you're not going to win this nomination. It's over, guys. Stop embarrassing yourselves, okay? Listen, I say this as somebody who likes Ron DeSantis, have a lot of Ron DeSantis supporter friends. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. This race is over. Our our number one mission right now as conservatives, libertarians, and populists is never Nikki. That's our next stop right now. We all agree that we don't want Nikki Haley to be the next president of the United States. So the next play is hashtag never Nikki. Am I right? What are your thoughts? Don't forget, you can send them in. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. Text line is right down there in front of my computer that you can see on the screen at 573-319-1586. Again, text line 573-319-1586. Many of our listeners are enjoying the new video game themed thumbnails for the show. Somebody liked my doom representation of Javier Malaya Davos so much that they asked me to put it on a canvas and to sell it to them. So I did. Uh, if you guys like those kinds of requests, obviously I can do that for you as well. To, one listener did text in and says, Austin, I do love your video game themes, thumbnail and opening. Yeah, Gannon uh, was messaging in this morning. He probably wants to get the metal, the uh, Javier Malay Metal Gear themed one as well, doesn't he? You know you do. <laughs> Uh, one listener says they sold a Javier Malay hoodie today, I think. Well, thank you for that. We appreciate that. Very kind of you. We did sell a lot of those Javier Malay hoodies. They're starting to drop. Another listener texted in and says, I hope by the time you read this tomorrow, you've discussed our boy Javier Malay's speech at the World Economic Forum. Oh, baby, you know I did. <laughs> I unfortunately have to go in the lab. They'll miss the live show. Looking forward to watching you discuss when I get home. You're not going to watch the live show? Yeah, listen, you can't. That's not allowed. Uh, and another listener texted me in a, a message that says that FBI arrest transgender man who threatened to kill transphobes. Oh, God. Oh, no, God. At least the FBI finally did their job. FBI, open up. No, not me. Not here, guys. Go get the weirdo trans people who want to kill people. All right. Don't forget again, that text line number is 573-319-1586. Again, 573-319-1586. 1586. We're going to get to Javier Malay in a uno momento. We've got some great clips to play, but before we do, let's hear from something that's giving us a little bit of hope more here on the home front. Take a listen to our president, or I guess our former president, but still president, uh, soon to be future president, Donald Trump, talking about central bank digital currencies. Tonight, I'm also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency you know about i didn't know you know so much i'm very well new hampshire very smart people very uh very current 
you know what they're doing. Such a currency would give a federal government, our federal government, the absolute control over your money. They could take your money. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even know it was gone. This would be a dangerous threat to freedom, and I will stop it from coming to a Tonight, I'm also making another. Let's give it up for Donald Trump, but who we should really be applauding for there? Vivek Ramaswamy, because Vivek is the one who whispered in his ear and told him to say this. This is why I keep telling libertarians, and they keep ringing in my ear and getting angry at me, that, ha- that Vivek Ramaswamy is showing libertarians how it's done. Obviously, Javier Malay as well. We're going to get to him in just a moment. But this is the model for libertarians in the short term until we can get a Javier Malay in this country. We're going to have to coalition with people that we may agree or disagree with on certain numbers of issues. Donald Trump, populist, Austin Peterson, libertarian, Ron DeSantis, who will endorse Donald Trump and will come around to the side. I know Liberty Shindig. I see you in the comments over there. You're like, yeah, I get it. I understand. Listen, support your candidate all you like, but eventually we're all going to come together. And I say we present a united front this year against the shit leftists, I say. Yes, go read somewhere else, but give it up to Vivek Ramaswamy because that's what we want to hear the President of the United States saying. We need more people like Vivek Ramaswamy whispering in people's ear. God, I've got a 30-minute speech, so there's no way we're going to be able to uh, get to all of it. And Antonio Martinez, Tony Martinez, he is a uh, lawyer, an attorney, and he worked for former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. He's going to be talking to us this morning about Javier Malay. He'll give us an update here in about 15 minutes. So we won't be able to play the entire Javier Malay speech, but I want to show you a few clips and then show you how AI has helped reconstruct and translate Javier Malay's speech in Javier Malay's voice in English. It's incredible. This is not that clip. I will show you that in a minute. But here are some of my highlights of some of my favorite parts of the speech. Take a listen. I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated, intimidated either by the political class or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors, you're heroes, you're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much, and long live freedom. Damn it. (laughs) I go to Argentina! Oh my God, God bless, God bless. Somebody, yes, the mighty Megatron says, protect that man, yes. Protect that man at all costs. Greta Thunberg was reportedly in the audience and could be overheard How saying, dare you? <laughs> no, <obviously>. <laughs> <laughs> long live freedom. Damn it. I thought it was long live freedom. Is it, is it long live freedom? Damn it. Or is it long live 
fucking freedom. Somebody help me out here. Maybe Tony Martinez will clear that up for us here. He's going to be a, be here in 15 minutes. We're looking forward to talking to him about well, what's happening with Javier Malay and his epic speech at Davos. I've got some more clips for you. Take a listen to this. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes, which means that the state is financed through coercion and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion and the lower the freedom. They say that capitalism is evil because... Oh my God, I can only get so... Oh, Javier! Oh, Javier Malay, it's so good, it's so good. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wake Up America show. Make sure you click like and subscribe to the channel so that you can come back and join us and hear more great stuff like this. We love it. Advances in the free world, socialists were forced to change their agenda. They left behind the class struggle based on the economic system and replaced this with other supposed social conflicts which are just as harmful to life as a community and to economic growth. The first of these new battles was the ridiculous and unnatural fight between man and woman. Hmm. Now we're talking about feminism. He's, so here's the thing. Yesterday, somebody was saying on Twitter, they're like, well, they, they were trashing Vivek Ramaswamy. They're like, because Vivek, he, he, all he did was fight in the culture wars where Javier Malay, he focuses on issues, real issues, blah, blah, blah. You stupid, retarded libertarians. Shut the f up, okay? Shut the f up. You don't know about, you don't know a goddamn thing about anything shit about, mother you don't know. You don't know. Shut the f up. Shut the f up. Javier Malay specifically said that libertarians must engage in the culture wars. You fucking morons. Shut the f up and listen to the man. already provides for equality uh, of the sexes. The uh, co cornerstone of our creed says that all humans are created equal, that we all have the same unalienable rights granted by the creator, including life, freedom, and ownership. All that this radical feminism agenda has led to is greater state intervention to hinder the economic process, giving a job to bureaucrats who have not contributed anything to society. Examples, um, ministries of, of women or international organizations devoted to promoting this agenda. Another conflict presented by socialists is that of humans against nature, claiming that we human beings damage the planet, which should be protected at all costs, even going as far as advocating for population control mechanisms or the bloody um, abortion agenda. Abortion? Listen to this guy! 
Listen to this Unfortunately, guy. these harmful ideas have taken a strong hold in our society. Neo-Marxists have managed to co-opt the uh, common sense of the Western world, and this they have achieved by appropriating the uh, media, culture, universities, and also international organizations. It's given the not this media, baby, not the Wake Up America show. What's up, peeps? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> the Onion Dip joining us this morning says, I understand this so well, Austin. I am an ANCAP who joined the Proud Boys. We fight culture wars. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mighty Megatron says, my girl's libertarian. She's now becoming aware of the culture war. I've had uh, to inform her being independent. Mm, that's good to hear. So this is funny. So you know how Javier Malay has been liking and reposting my tweets? And uh, this is just a little bit, I get to brag a little bit here. Um, but yesterday I post, reposted this meme from Sal Mayweather. Sally Mayweather, he's so funny. Uh, he posted this meme of uh, a guy with a pizza sitting on his bed with a pizza. And then he's got his girl there who's in her underwear and she's topless. And they're both watching Javier Malay's speech at the World Economic Forum. So the funny thing is about this is I retweeted this uh, with Sal and I said, view from my house, minus the picture of Sal on the wall. So obviously this is Steffi. Her hair's a little more red than that. Minus the picture. So this is me. Here's Steffi. And we're eating pizza and watching Javier Malay. And the funny thing about this is when I said that, when I view from my house, minus the picture of Sal on the wall, I don't know if you can actually see the likes here. But somewhere down in these in these hundreds, maybe thousands of likes, is the the president of Argentina himself, Javier Malay, actually liked my tweet, my retweet of this. Okay, so he didn't. He did retweet. Uh, oh, there it is. See, look at that. There it is. <laughs> so yeah he's he's following my tweets i don't know why he doesn't follow me on twitter but he basically anything that i that i post about him he either likes it or he retweets it it's good to be ap it's good to be ap i gotta say feeling it feeling it um, and i mean not to like brag too much or anything like this but i will say that uh you know I, i'm basically one of the only american like English speaking accounts that Javier Malay retweets. So I don't know what I did, but I just, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, uh, here's this last quote I'll play for you from Javier Malay before I show you that AI generated voice of Javier's voice, which I think is beautiful. And I'll show you this amazing technology. Uh, but take a listen to this one more time from a translation. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And you, not when he says you, he's not talking to the people at Davos. He's talking to the people of the world. He's saying, he's saying, do not surrender to their advances. He's saying, he's saying, do not surrender to the people in this audience and their desire for global control, the desire to force you to live in the pod and eat the bugs and you will own nothing and be happy. He says, you are the protagonist, you and me. We are the, the, the heroes. We are the main characters in our own story. This is a rant of individualism writ large and told to the great, some of the greatest evil purveyors of evil on the planet. I cannot hit the applause button enough. Now, before we get to some of these clips of Donald Trump, and I did love what Trump said earlier about central bank digital currencies, I want you to see some of this beautiful technology that has been created. David Sachs retweeted this. This is the best way to listen to the Javier Malay speech in English, rendered using Hey Jen in his own voice. So that you, they've taken his own voice 
translated it into English, and then they have um, posted it so it looks like he's actually giving his own speech, which he gave at, at Davos. It's just beautiful. Take a look at this. This is amazing technology. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I am present to inform you that the Western world is facing a significant threat. It is in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the Western world are co-opted by a worldview that inevitably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty and economic deprivation. I mean, look, they've even, they've, it's even synced up his mouth. The artificial intelligence has synced his mouth so that you, it looks as if he's speaking in English. I mean, he gave this speech in Spanish. It looks like he's speaking English. It sounds like his voice. I mean, obviously there's a lot of dangers for deep fakes and stuff in the world, but this is amazing. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-intentioned desires to help others and others by the desire to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world, but rather they are their cause. Trust me, there is no one better than us Argentines to provide testimony on these two issues. When we embraced freedom in 1860, in 35 years we became the world's first dominant power. 35 years we became the first world power. While when we embraced collectivism over the past 100 years, we saw how our citizens began to systematically impoverish themselves until they fell to the 140th position in the world, 40 in the world. But before we can have this discussion, it would be important for us to first look at the data that supports why free market capitalism is not only a possible system to end world poverty, but also the only morally desirable system to achieve it. If we consider the history of economic progress, we can see how from year zero until around 1800, the world's per capita GDP remained practically constant throughout the reference period. If one looks at a chart of the evolution of economic growth throughout human history, one would be seeing a chart with the shape of a hockey stick an exponential function that remained constant for 90% of the time and exponentially shoots up from the 19th century. Yes, facts, data, statistics. He is an economist after all. That's Javier Malay. We're going to have Tony Martinez who's going to be joining us here in about five minutes. I'm going to go to commercial break very briefly. Before you do, I want to say thank you to one of our listeners. <clears throat> the company who started advertising with us this month contacted me yesterday, their quickrxstore.com, to say that they just had their very first sale from a Wake Up America show listener. Thank you. I just want you to know how much it means to me and how important it is to support the advertisers on the Wake Up America show, because without the big advertisers that come in, there's no way we would be able to grow because they step in in a big way. And then your donations and purchases at apforlibertyshop.com make up the rest of the budget for us to be able to run this very expensive operation, which we do with a two-person operation. But Stephanie and I, we're growing, we're building. Aren't we making the Wake Up America show better and better? Debates? Hell yes. 
We have so many more exciting announcements coming. I cannot wait to share with you all of the news that's happening here behind the scenes on the Wake Up America show. I know you guys are really excited to hear about the new show that we're going to be launching with the new host. We're not ready yet to make that announcement, but that is coming soon and very soon. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I'm going to go to a commercial break for our friends over at quickrxstore.com. Just a simple a reminder, you can save 10% and it lets them know that when you use that coupon that you came from the wakeupamericashow.com. So visit quickrxstore.com. You can get uh, uh, moxicillin, you can get hydroxychloroquine, you can get ivermectin and save 10% on your prescriptions by using code SAVE10. That's my exclusive code. Let's them know that you came from me. Uh, when we come up, Tony Martinez to talk about, I will call him the leader of the free world, Javier Malay. When we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Do me a favor and click like. And if you're enjoying the content that you've been hearing and seeing this morning, Subscribe to the channel. You'd love to join us every morning, Friday, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 a.m. Central. The Wake Up America show streams live. We're a merry band of rogues. We love economic freedom and personal liberty. So if that's your bag, baby, you're in the right place. I'm Austin Peterson, not Austin Powers. All right. Well, Javier Malay crushes it, tells the socialists off to their face. He went scorched earth on the attendees of the World Economic Forum on Wednesday, telling them, to reject socialism while painting a dire picture that Western values and systems are under threat. I'm reading an article over at foxnews.com, foxnews.com that says, Malay romped to the presidency on a platform of anarcho-capitalism? What the hell? That's, that's something I never expected to read at Fox News. But obviously my Espanol is a little rough. I only speak un piquito. So whenever somebody says, Viva la libertad carajo. Are they saying long live liberty, damn it? Or are they saying long live king freedom? Because I hear both. All right, let's get an expert on Latin American relations. His name is Tony Martinez. He's a New York, New Jersey and Washington DC lawyer. He was also a Latin American policy advisor to the late New Mexico governor, Bill Richardson. He's joining us live right now. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Austin. Thank you for uh, letting me be part of the show. It's really uh, an honor. Thank you. Glad to have you here. So is it long live liberty, damn it, or long live effing freedom? Which is it? Well, it, it's long live freedom, damn it. But the, the word carajo means many things. And something that is part of the Spanish language, the beauty of the Spanish language, is that there are words that don't have necessarily literal translations, but are colloquial translations uh, can mean many things and can add uh, emphasis uh, to whatever you want to say. Uh, and um, for anybody who's interested on YouTube, there's, um, you just Google the word uh, lessons on the word carajo, C-A-R-A-J-O. And there's a late Cuban American comedian named Alvarez Guedes who gives a master class on how these words are used. And it's also a reflection of, you know, it's it's most Latin American nations have their own terms that they use. And so, but Carajo cuts across all of the Latin American countries. But, you know, Argentina has its 
uh, wonderful expressions. And if you want to learn that, there's a, a, a comedy that Robert De Niro stars in called Nada, N-A-D-A. And you can watch it on Hulu. On the last episode, uh, which is De Niro's in it, there's a lot of great views of Buenos Aires and a lot of views of these terms that Argentines use. So um, that'll give people more background. But it's long live freedom, damn it. Got it. Well, I feel like I'm learning so much over the last couple of months since Javier was elected. He seems to be leading the way, not only in teaching Yankees uh, Espanol, but he's also showing the world how it's done in his fight for freedom. You specifically came on today because you wanted to talk a little bit about immigration. I definitely want to get to that here in just a couple of minutes, Tony. But if you wouldn't mind, you know, just from your understanding of Latin American politics, how big is this election and what Javier Malay is doing? Are we talking about an earthquake here? Or are we talking about a rumble? Are we talking about tsunami? Like, what does this it's mean an earthquake. for Latin America? Yeah, tell me about it. It, 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 it. It's an earthquake because no one anticipated it, uh, except, of course, the Argentines. Um, and uh, it, it, is a, it is literally a transformative election with consequences for the entire hemisphere for strategic relations between the United States and uh, our Latin American neighbors. Uh, and particularly, it opens a great opportunity for the United States and Argentina to grow closer uh, and uh, literally change the whole dynamics of what's going on. Uh, and it's important because when we talk about immigration, we it's not just about putting a wall on the border. That's that's just going to slow the immigration down until we address the root causes. We're not going to uh, really make uh, make a dent, but we can talk about that. But Javier Malay um, literally took on uh, his campaign was basically. Are you tired of all of this corruption and this failure? Are you sick of it? He said, this is the way, by the way, how we can get out of it. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. But there is a way out of all of this madness. And using his brilliance and using, you know, his economics, you know, he, you know, he, he made his case and he won by a landslide. And, he ba- and, and the Argentine people rejected uh, the Kirshnerists and the Peronists and said, we're not going down this path where there's all this corruption and half the country's in poverty. And, and the inflation is ridiculous. When I was in Argentina in, in August, I was there for a, you know, they're, they're into health and they're into eating meat. And all I said, I was at a ketogenic diet conference. And then I also visiting some clients. I have a client in Mendoza, beautiful wine country, gorgeous. It's like really... Americans go to Argentina because it's beautiful uh, and it's great culture. So when I'm there, uh, the inflation is ridiculous because every store or restaurant you go to, they have like money counter machines where like from the scenes, it's like the scene from Scarface where you have to bring in stacks of money. And then even if you change it, you know, you can't use your credit card because they had all these different exchange rates. You're getting screwed over with the exchange rate on the credit card, I was literally having to send money to myself so that I could use cash to get the most, uh, the, the best exchange rate. But even that, you know, you're walking around with literally, you know, stacks of money. It, it's 
it was really gnarly. It was a really gnarly situation. <laughs> so that, that, that really brought, brought the point home and said, this is crazy. And so God bless Javier Millet. You know, he, he rallied the young people and he just, he, he explained to them in ways that they can understand. One part of the, one of his, part of his campaign was to explain inflation. He's talking with some people and he said, how would you like it? He said, you've got a, a, uh, you've got a, a cell phone. Uh, I don't remember if it was actually a cell phone, but he said, let's say you've got this thing that you want to sell to me. And you tell me the price is a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. And I only have 50, but I walk up to a photocopier and I, I just make a copy of uh, my $50. And now I can, here's a hundred. said, would you like that? What would you think of the, what would you think of the, uh, of me doing that? And what would you think of the quality of the money that I just photocopied on a machine? And, you know, the, he drives the, the, the lessons of inflation home. And that's what Argentina has done, all in the name to empower all of these bureaucrats and all these people. This is why he said afuera, because he's saying, what the hell are these people doing? What are they contributing to society? He goes back to the points. The people who contribute to society are the people who work, who, who actually produce. They produce goods and services, and they compete in a market that allows you, hey, if you've got something better, put it up. You know, it's about prices and supply and demand and, uh, you know, letting people uh, do their thing. And so I mean, that's his, what he's, oh, his, his speech. And I was going to say his speech yesterday at Davos. It wasn't just about calling socialists shit leftards to their face. He was actually bringing economic data to explain why capitalism and free markets are a superior approach to collectivism, right? Absolutely. And that is also the beauty of his approach and his strategy is he uses facts and he puts them in their face and he rubs their faces in it. And, <laughs> and, and the wonderful thing about it is they don't have a response to it because people who get mad and don't like Malay, I'm like, my attitude or when they've come and I said, OK, what's your competitive proposal? If you don't like this, how can you do better? And then they keep their mouth shut because they don't have something better to offer. And that's what I always say when you get debate people on these things of these economics, say, OK, you don't like this. Well, what's your alternative? You know, it, not, not just because you don't like it, because what Malay has done is said he's basically pointed out these people are afraid of losing their power. And that's what it's this is what it's really about. Yeah. And they don't know what they're going to do. Uh, yeah, that was the intro of his speech right there. He's like, you have set yourselves up as political caste in order to to seek benefits from power. Uh, it was an incredible moment. It gave me chills. Um, uh, my friend Kilsharian over in the Rumble chat this morning is saying that on February 16th, she's going to be in Buenos Aires for two weeks. She's very much looking forward to it. I'm jealous. We need oh, to so get yeah, it's summertime down there now. It's, oh, it's, it's when, when I was there. It was like wintertime. <laughs> I don't wear a jacket. <laughs> it's cold in Buenos Aires in, in August. I'm looking but forward to- But there's great, great doctors, great people there. I'm looking forward to a trip that uh, that I'm going to plan this year. I want to gather a group of investors and uh, teams as soon as he can get his reforms put into place to try and bring American dollars down there to help with the process of dollarization. But there's a lot of resistance to Javier Malay's um, plans domestically. And a lot of people are trying to throw 
you know, they're trying to pee pee in my Coke, Tony. They're trying to. Yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, but I mean, for good reason to say that, that it's not going to be easy for Javier to get a lot of these reforms across. Is that true? Yeah, uh, yes. And, and then here's how I use this, the metaphor. Try to think of the situation in Argentina. You know, it's like a like an addict, you know, addiction. When um, when someone is is in an addiction and they want to get into recovery, it's a it's a difficult process. So think of it. The addiction here has been addiction to debt and corruption and unaccountability. And the patient, the country said, I want help. And the doctor, Malay, says, I want to help you. I have a treatment plan. You've got to stick with it. And obviously, you know, people that are detracting said, well, they're going to, he's going to kill the, 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 you know, you're going to kill the patient. That's not what he's trying not to do. He's going to do this methodically, but he has a plan and he's asking people to stick with the plan. And as we know, there is recovery from addiction when you stick to the plan. And uh, so, and it's multi steps. So, the first part of this is, unraveling this Gordian knot of garbage that had happened to the to the the whole economic system and trying to break it apart. And he's not uh, being insensitive. He said, we've got to we've still have to be uh, considerate of the most vulnerable uh, members of the Argentine population. But everybody's got to look at this where it's a new dawn. It's a new day. We're we're going a different path. We're we're going down the path, returning to the path of prosperity. And he relies on the the truth that Argentine was a major world power at the beginning of the of the twentieth century. So why can't they go back to have that? It's a new path. It's a new day. Tony Martinez, the uh, Josh Groban of politics, joining us live right now. <laughs> Tony Martinez is an attorney and he's joining us live right now to talk about Javier Malay at Davos yesterday. If you're enjoying the content, click like and subscribe to the channel. The Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. So you get your kicks on Route 66. We are from Missouri here after all. Jefferson City, the capital. And we're glad to have Tony Martinez streaming in live from the East Coast. Uh, uh, Tony, I'd like from to New York. To I'm in New York now. In New York. Yeah, great. Tony, talk to us about the immigration question. It's a major issue here in the United States. President Biden doesn't seem to want to do anything about it. Incoming President Trump does. Will Javier Malay be able to work with President Trump to help to stem the tide of illegal immigration that's flowing the United States? What are your thoughts about this issue? And how does Javier Malay, do you think, how do you think he'll handle this? Well. I think Malay, I think the next speech that we want to look forward to, Javier, on the world stage will be in September at General Assembly Week at the UN, when uh, Malay will have the opportunity to address the United Nations. And that should be another stellar moment like we saw yesterday. Uh, I think, you know, Malay will work. He said that his core philosophy, foreign policy philosophy, is. Uh, you know, alliances, you know, his government will do business and have alliances with Western nations, primarily the United States and Israel. Uh, he does not want to do deals and have alliances with communists or socialists or, uh, or, or governments that depart from the ideas of freedom. Uh, he's, he's not blocking Argentines from doing business. He didn't say, oh, we're not going to be doing business with China. You, if you want to do business with China, 
or you want to do business with this country that go ahead free it's 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 you know he believes in free trade but don't expect that his government is going to embrace uh, uh, or, or devote its energy or resources. And it, it always reminds people when he talks, which is great, there is only a limited amount of resources. And so you have to think strategically on how you apply and dedicate those resources. Now, so, the, well, but, I, but, but what was it about the immigration question that you were particularly keen on? Okay, well, the whole Im- immigration issue is, uh, I mean, we're, we, we, have a, we have a mess. And the idea of just simply building a wall isn't going to stop the problem. We, we have to address the instability and the chaos uh, that's going on there economically. Uh, and, and it's going to require uh, really some, some transformative thinking. We also have to relook at uh, our drug policy. Uh, these are there are hard challenges that we, we're facing, and there's there's no there are going to be no easy answers uh, to this this whole immigration question. We can I I, I spoke with and I'm going going to not disclose with a member of Congress who I know uh, I'm not going to disclose the party either uh, who told me this member of Congress that forget about immigration getting done. He's, he told me nobody wants to get things done, not in this particular member of Congress's party or in the other party and the two parties. He says, there's not a there's that I was told that all they're interested in doing is politicizing this to the max. They want things to get so bad that uh, unfortunately that they, they believe that it will help one party or the other uh, get re-election my my response was this is nuts i mean the whole immigration system is broken in our country you want to see something austin go go to the go to any immigration court as a member of the public and sit down and watch this process look at the lines look at the procedures i mean i have seen things that just it's heartbreaking particularly for the people who want to you know, stay here and contribute and be part of our country. And uh, they're just struggling. It, it is a mess. I, I would like to, I mean, this is literally a topic that we could spend an, uh, you know, half your show. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I know Javier Millet is going to take uh, some of the strain, economic strains, because once he gets Argentina's economic house in order, there's going to be, and there's more manufacturing and, and more economic development there, there's going to be less of an incentive to leave wherever country you are and to come to the southern border and try to cross and get into that the asylum mess that we have there. So uh, we really need to have, you know, Millet, or, uh, Javier Millet really needs to be successful sort of for so many reasons. And I believe that if he is successful, he will win the Nobel Prize in Economics. I he will be uh, a celebrity when he comes back to the United States. Joint session of Congress, state dinner, all of that. Doesn't matter which party. Well, he but is that's, a that's rock my next star. question. Yeah, that's my next question, Tony. And I got about uh, uh, two minutes left here in the in the segment. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about his relationship with American politicians, con- contrasting Biden and Trump. What I've been hearing from members of 
Congress in Argentina who have been reaching out to me because they've been seeing my Javier Malay retweets. They say that Javier Malay wants Donald Trump to win. This is a concept that is alien to American libertarians. We live in a bubble here in the United States. American libertarians are kind of like, uh, there's a little bit of intellectual inbreeding that goes on in here, so we don't really see what's happening in the world. I'm, I call it splendid isolationism to some extent. But they can't understand why someone like Javier Malay might want Donald Trump to be president versus Joe Biden. Can you understand that? Do you think that Javier Malay does want Donald Trump to be president? Would that be better for Javier Malay? Your thoughts? I think Javier Malay can work with any American president, period. Um, I think uh, Javier uh, Malay and Donald Trump are two very different men uh, in so many ways, uh, intellectually, um, spiritually. Um, they, they, have, they have different approaches. Uh, I, I think what they have in common is both have tapped into a legitimate, uh, demonstrable discontent with the system that has broken down and has failed the people, the individual. Uh, and I think he is, uh, you know, there's an alliance there. I mean, let's remember when Javier Malay came to the United States uh, for his first trip uh, post-election, uh, before he got sworn in, he met with uh, the Biden administration. He met with former President Bill Clinton. Uh, and uh, so, did, Tony, so but the difference is, is that uh, Donald Trump congratulated Javier Malay on his victory. Vivek yes. Ramaswamy congratulated Vivek Ramaswamy yes. on his victory. There is a big difference, but there is a big difference. Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy is more is more like a Malay than I would say Donald Trump. Sure. Correct. Right. But there it's more like cousins versus opposition where you've got, yeah. you know, Joe Biden yes. and others who are the sort of the polar opposite. Tony, I, I've got uh, to run, but I want to give you an opportunity to plug anything that you'd like to plug or share anything with our listeners that you'd like to share before we let you go today. Well, uh, just my Twitter handle. Follow me on Twitter like I follow you. It's at U.S.L.A.T.A.M. Envoy. So it's U.S. Latam Envoy. Sort of my my uh, uh, aspirations to, to uh, represent our country uh, in Latin America uh, in the future as a diplomat. We'll see. Uh, but I, I like to help people. Uh, I, I believe in freedom uh, and opportunity, and uh, I will continue to, to work that in. And I also like working on difficult things like negotiation. Bill Richardson was a guy who was able to uh, talk to the most difficult uh, dictators communists saw it and always able to in, in most most of the cases always able to help either get something done or get a a person who was unjustly held uh freed and uh was a, he was one of my mentors and uh so that's part of my my work as well there you go and if you're looking for that handle the, and you might forget the forget it from a name it is tagged in the show notes here for the wake up america show so if you head to my twitter and you find that pinned post at the top for the Rumble show that we're streaming live at right now, you'll be able to find Tony Martinez's link to his Twitter as well. Make sure you follow him over there. Tony, thanks so very and much thank, for your time today. Th thank you very much as well, and I look forward to coming back when you invite me. Thank, thank you, Tony. Have a wonderful day. We appreciate you. Happy New Year. What'd you, what'd you guys think of Tony Martinez? What? I hit the wrong button. <laughs>
led to hit applause, not boo. We've got lots more to go. I'll hit boo with our next guest, Camelia Peterson. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, CJ. Oh, man, I've had so many clips this morning that I haven't been able to play. I did play the one of Donald Trump a little bit earlier. This one really blew me away. Before we get uh, Camellia on the show, real quick, I wanted you guys to hear this clip from the CEO of J.P. Morgan, which blew me away talking about Donald Trump saying that, that, that the media should be more respectful of MAGA people. What is going on? Oh, come on, Internet. Don't you do this. Don't you do this right now. Don't you do this to me. Refresh. It will work. This there economy will. playing itself out over the next 12 months. This is an election. Now they're at Davos right now. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about what just took place in Iowa yeah. and trying to understand how the American public is going to feel about the economy may ultimately uh, dictate how uh, the president is decided. Yes, I agree with that. I, I think it's a mistake to assume that everything's hunky dory. And, you know, and when stock markets are up, it's kind of like this little drug we all feel like it's just great. You know, but remember, we've had so much fiscal and monetary stimulation. So I'm a little more on the cautious side that we are facing a lot of things in 20 and 24 or 25. And you, you mentioned Ukraine, the terrorist activity in Israel, the Red Sea, quantitative tightening, which I still question if we understand exactly how that works. I don't think we do. How QE actually worked, what the effect of negative, you know, zero rates was for all this time. Uh, and obviously the politics and, you know, and then the Ukrainian war is affecting oil, gas, food, migration. So you have all these very powerful forces that are going to be affecting us in 24 and 25. So if I was the government, I would be preparing for what I'm going to do about that, assuming things aren't good. And I just also want to point out, I, I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA, you know, and you, if you travel this country, you know, and the country's unbelievable. We took our bus trip this year and Leslie Picker was on. This is going to be good. This guy, look at this guy on the end. He's so uncomfortable right now because Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, is, get, is saying, you better be more careful about what you say about MAGA. That guy, look, well, let me go pull it back for a second. Watch him shift uncomfortably. Carefully, when they talk about MAGA, you know, and you, if you travel this country, you know, and the country's unbelievable. We took our bus trip this year and Leslie Picker was on Spokane yeah, right. and Boise and... Bozeman, people are growing. They're hungry to grow. They're innovating. It's it's everywhere. It's not just Silicon Valley. So we've got this great hand. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump, and they think they're voting, and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. Uh, and but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back. Be honest. He was kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. Trade, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like, but he wasn't wrong. That's the problem with Trump. Not that he wasn't right, but that he said mean things. That was the whole problem. That's why the, that's why the suburban liberal white females in 2020 voted against him. He had mean tweets. His tweets were mean. Yes, I was paying $1.50 for gas to put in my Range Rover that, Range Rover that my rich husband bought for me, but the tweets were mean. So these critical issues, and that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens and when you guys have people up here, she has, you show Holy shit. Yes, but why? Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, 
I, I agree. It's done quite well. And you know, the Democrats really? have done a pretty good job. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. It's, it's hard to hate. Sure. Well, somehow you pull it off. Somehow the mainstream media pulls it off. You know, it's hard to hate 75 million of your own. Well, you show us you hate us every single day. Camelia Peterson, we don't. We love Camelia. She's coming up next. Donald Trump's had some choice things to say about Nikki Haley. Ugh, it's going to get spicy. Nimarada. When we get back on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Click like and subscribe. Booyakasha. Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Click that like button. Come on. Viva la libertad, carajo. Subscribe to the channel if you're true VLLC. The Wake Up America Show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And if you're a regular guest, you know who it'd be coming up next. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the very rare Camellia joins us live on the show. And she's joining us now to talk about her new boo thing. Yeah. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. <laughs> it's a new day, it's a new dawn. Uh, Javier Malay getting you a little hot under the collar. Oh man. Uh so yeah, I like it's that was just I don't like I'm speechless, right? I don't, I don't have words. They're they're Camelia, me. <laughs> I know you have very high standards for the type of men that you're attracted to. True. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, for example, <laughs> right, right. And now the president of the eighth largest country in the world, right? Will anyone ever be good enough for you, Camelia? Well, never say never, right? <laughs> Lower your standards, raise your percentages. Uh, yeah, that's I that's what I hear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> she flies high. So uh tell us, uh, Camelia, what was your take uh, reaction to Javier Malay's speech yesterday? Oh my gosh, like I it just, you know, I tweeted something about all of the people who were tweeting um that, oh, I I, you know, they I'd been questioning why he was going to speak. Why was he going to Davos? Why was he gonna speak it to the W? I'm like, have you people not been paying attention to him? Like, completely no surprise what he went and did, but that he like the way he did it though, it is just like it was so succinctly and perfectly laid out. I mean, it's he you're right. He didn't just go there and lambast them. I mean, like he gave them facts and figures and history and said the things that needed to be said. And like there's so many good quotes that came out of that. It's hard to know where to begin. Like that quote about feminism. I was like, Dad, come. <laughs> Dude, I know. It, it, it's, it wasn't just economics, but it was the culture war, too. You saw my frustration, my rant a little bit earlier on the show, I imagine, yeah. where I was screaming because so many American libertarians don't get it, Camelia. They don't understand. Like, it's one thing for them to, to be, you know, a little confused. He's going to Davos, the World Economic Forum. Okay, I get it. You're not paying attention. But then to, like, say things, completely ignorant things like, well, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's not good because he engages in the culture war. Javier Malay doesn't. It's like, we are oblivious. No wonder we lose every goddamn thing that we put our, our, our attempts, that we attempt here in this country. Am I wrong? And here's the thing, and this is one of the things that really irks me about people who are constantly harping on, you know, the UN and UNESCO and, you know, World Economic Forum, all of those kind of things. Are they bad and terrible? Yes. Are there very bad actors that are trying to, you know, wield their power in the world through those organizations? 
Yes. But is there this grand global conspiracy that they're literally going to take over? Well, you have a whole lot more faith in, in the ability of uh, that many people to get on the same page than I do. But you can't like it's this 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 deep conspiracy fever that people yes. get into and they just cannot there's no logic in it. So it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, except for globalism. And it makes no right. sense. I mean, people have painted Corey DeAngelis in this light. They painted Vivek Ramaswamy in this light. Is this because, you know, somebody stuck their profile on the WEF page yeah. or UNESCO page or whatever. And then all of a sudden, ooh, they're the boogeyman because they're in cahoots with, you know, these globalists. And it, it's just not true. And it, and people like, I'm sorry, folks, you need to quit being so gullible. Like they are taking, that's how they're taking advantage of you yes, is that, that gullibility. Exactly. That is how the elites are taking advantage of us. It's, it's kind of like Bernie Sanders where... They've analyzed the problem, but their solutions are completely fakakt. That's the problem with like the conspiracy theory view of things. It's yes, there is a conspiracy of evil elites who are trying to enact international socialism. But just because someone speaks to them or is in the same room as them doesn't mean that they're with them. I mean, and the thing is, is like, it, you know, this is why I think that there's a big foreign policy failure in libertarianism, too, because they don't understand black ops. They don't understand what it means to infiltrate. Like I, I'm getting lambasted by libertarians this morning online who don't understand that Vivek Ramaswamy actually he didn't lose, it, he won. He actually Vivek Ramaswamy actually won. It was it wasn't that it, it was the problem wasn't Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy did great. He got his message out there. Now he's got Donald Trump talking about how he wants to ban central bank digital currencies. I promised you a week ago, Donald Trump had no effing clue about what a central bank digital currency was. Now he's talking about wanting to ban it, which I think is a beautiful thing. And, and that's a victory, right? It's, you know, people were always like, oh, Austin, you know, the liberty, you know, you didn't win. You know, why should we listen to you? It's like, I didn't lose. Actually, I gained from my campaigns. I didn't yes. fail. The liberty movement failed me. Right. No, I totally agree. There, the there is far more, just, you know. right. There's far more value to be, value is not just in winning. Now, <laughs> this is, this right, is what right, I'm always critical. Winning the election, right? right? But it's about building a movement and getting your yes. ideas out there and having your ideas be accepted by mainstream, mainstream society right. until we can get to Javier Malay. Right. That's the difference, I would say, in, you know, the path that you've taken versus what the LP is doing, because, you know, my my criticism of the LP for a long time has been that there's too many candidates that get out there and they don't run like they're going to win. They say that they're running just to get the message out. Well, I think that that's a load of baloney. And I don't think anyone should ever run just on that premise alone, like run like you're going to win. But the difference is like, I'm not sure they're getting their message out in the way that they're doing it. So I, I, I think in a lot of ways, there has been failure on that end of things. And if you're failing on that end of things, then you're not producing value. Right. But so, Vivek Ramaswamy, the reason he won is because he had no chance to be president of the United States. Right. But he ran right. like he was going to he ran yep. like he was going to win. He ran right. to and he inspired yes. people and he and he got people active, young people active and interested in politics. And now people are like, oh, well, he just wanted a cabinet seat. And they're like, oh, Sal Mayweather online was sparring with me yesterday. He goes, he goes, what did he? Oh, he's going to get a hand. He's given him given a hand job so that he can be like the head of like some cabinet position. And I'm like, I'd give Donald Trump a dry hump to be head of the ATF. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, this is the Game of Thrones, bitches. Learn how it works or get stabbed in the back.
Well, you know that Trump would not have been saying anything about central digital bank currency if it had no. not been for Ramaswamy, because that's the difference between that's the difference between Trump and Millet. That's the difference between Trump and Ramaswamy is that Trump has like, I guess, I mean, for some people there is, but he doesn't have the substance. He doesn't have the principles and the philosophy behind, you know, his drive. I mean, behind his populism. And I think that that's what people like Ramaswamy and Malay bring. And that is the biggest difference between, you know, Trump and Malay, as far as that goes, is because, you know, Malay not only has the style, but he has the substance behind it, which is just invaluable. Yeah, I completely agree. If you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. That's Camelia Peterson. We are just friends. We're not related. Notice the spelling of her last name. We appreciate you. Uh, it looks like, oh, no, Thomas Massey is calling me out on Twitter.com. Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, no, oh, no. I says, I, I repeat, Vivek is showing libertarians how it's done. It's about this topic. He says, I love you, man. But based on past experience, I'm pretty sure this isn't going to turn out like you hope. Well, sorry, Thomas, but uh, um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure Ron DeSantis isn't going to turn out like you hope either. Sorry, but this so, is the yeah. thing that this is the thing that I, I hate. I hate to see the people I love like on opposite side. You know, like there's so many people that I respect so deeply that are on opposite sides of things right now as politics, I guess. But the thing is, is like you don't know like you we need to positively reinforce these things and you don't know what vivek ramaswamy is going to do a year down the road and people have been bringing that up you know somebody asked me you know you do you think he's a good person do you think he you know he's in this for the right things and I'm like we'll, we'll see i hope so it sounds like it but you know we'll see a you know a year two years down the road if he sticks with it i really hope that he does because he's good at it and he says the right things Yep. Uh, Thomas Massey yeah, says, I love you, man, but based on past experience, I'm pretty sure this isn't going to turn out like you hope. I said, love you too, man, but I could say the same for DeSantis's ambitions. We got to make the best of what we got. Make friends with Trump, I tell him, and be the guy who whispers in his ear instead of shit neocons. Am I right, Camelia? We all Am I right? Want this. Wouldn't it be better if Thomas Massey was the guy whispering in Trump's ear versus Nikki Haley or some other shit, John Bolton? Oh, every single person in D.C. should wish that Thomas Massey was whispering in their ear. Yes, like Thomas yes. Massey and Rand Paul are the presidents that we need. I'm not sure we deserve them with the way the American people have been behaving and electing people. But they're, they're the leadership that we need. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, at what, going back to Malay, though, because you know, we can't leave that also, yet. Wait, real quick, before you get okay, back to yeah. before we get off of this topic here. I just want to say that um, Thomas Massey does indeed love me. It is confirmed. He says, love you. Yeah, I love you, man. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. good. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go back. I love that we've got yeah. breaking news happening here on the show. Go ahead. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, in one of the threads posted that had a lot of the um, the standout Malay quotes from his speech from yesterday, uh, one of the things he said toward the end, um, and I heard this as I was listening to it, too, that just really struck me is he said that um, let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. And that's something that sometimes we hear on the right even now is that if you want to climb the ladder and you want to be successful, you want to be a billionaire. All of a sudden, when you make that, um, people start questioning your morality and your motives. And mm -hmm. I think that that's terrible. Um, you what know, was he that said quote like, again from Javier Malay. 
He said, let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. Mm. And it just God, is like, it. greed is good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I really love it. And he, you know, when you were talking about that, he said, you know, you're the true protagonist of this story. You're the main character, um, you know, and the, and the state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. When people talk to me about censorship or, you know, problems in the education realm or whatever it is, and they're saying, you know, that, oh, we need to like, we need to give the government more authority to like get what we want done. I'm like, no, no, like the government is always the problem in these situations. You want to talk about censorship? You want to talk about controlling what social media companies do? Get the government out of bed with them first. Get the government influence out of there. And then like Malay said it several times, he was like, the market does not fail. It is not the market's fault. I don't care what you say, like in economics and like, that's not my forte, but the market does not fail. I know enough to know that. <laughs> mm, man, it's going to be important for us to figure out how to navigate the coming presidential election. I've been calling, Camelia for libertarians to spend one year, just one year, just this year to focus all of our attacks on the left. And they're still ringing at me, Camelia. just one year of total war against the left who are our devoted, sincere, committed enemies. What do you say to that? How do you feel when you see me say things like this? I, I agree. Um, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I still have a lot of issues with the, the way Trump does things. And I, I think that there's a difference. I see a nuanced difference in Trump's approach and in the approach of someone like Javier Malay. Um, and I, you know, I, I know most people just see the, you know, the bombastic, you know, personality style and they don't see the, the nuance and the distinction between that. But I do see a difference. But, you know, one thing I said in the chat earlier that I think people are like, what is she saying? It's like, um, you know, I think that there are some ways in which we need to be more like Democrats. And right. well, I think one thing is in how we organize. Um, I don't care what you think about Barack Obama and the campaign he ran. But the fact is, is there's a reason that he won. And they ran a very good campaign. That campaign is used in trainings as a, upheld as an example of what to do because it was so effective and how they organized. And community organizer gets a bad rap now on the right. And I don't care what you want to call it, call it a different name, find a different term for it. But we need community organizers, and it has to be more than people ranting online and watching their TVs and yelling and going to their Republican clubs and and whatever and meeting, you know, and basically the action that they're taking is meeting and griping about things. We have to move beyond that. And we need that community organizer style network where you are literally doing that one on one outreach in your local communities and it snowflakes out. That is what we have to do, because if we think we're just going to beat our opinions and our, our principles into people's heads by just, you know, winning, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know that we can just do that. We are very divided. And I think that the right is having trouble wrapping their heads around the fact that we may not be the majority anymore. Yeah, no, we're definitely but we're still behaving we're, yeah, like the yeah, majority. Yeah, well, it's there's a. There's a cockiness that that, you know, that we have. The, the left has it, too. 
but this this uh, this cockiness that exists on the right, and and this is why we lose elections. It's because we oh, it's going to be a red wave, right? We're going to destroy him, all this kind of stuff, and then we get cucked, right? We get screwed because we don't we we always we take things for we take things for granted, right? And we don't work as hard as we should. We're not working as hard as the left is. And we also, we abandon key potential constituencies, young people, right? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the liberal white female who hates us and things like this, right? And, and we're unwilling to compromise on certain things. The abortion question is, is, is always going to be an Achilles heel for us. And, and yeah. despite the fact that we won on Roe v. Wade, we still fail to have a coherent message that we can, that, that we can rally around at, uh, you know, an, on a large scale in order to be able to fall back to a defensible a defensible position for a redoubt, if you will, in order yes. to protect ourselves from that flank, and that loses us elections. It's a weak it's a weak spot. We've got to admit it. Sure. Well, for sure. And if you listen to consultants and people who run campaigns and you know the accepted wisdom in that realm, they will tell you, okay, these young people, these other people, like these are not your voting demographic. Like your voting demographic is, you know, 50 on up and whatever. And that is so short-sighted in that you're not, when you are targeting people right now with your messaging and with your campaigns, you are not just targeting people for your next election. You are targeting people for that election 10 years down the road. And guess who your next voting demographic is going to be? It's like it's going to be those college kids They're You know, they may not be consistently getting out and voting and doing those things right now, but they will be getting there. And you have to lay the foundation with them right now. That's like <laughs> that's a source of great frustration for me, obviously. <laughs> mm -hmm, for sure. If you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show. Good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. I'm speaking to Camelia Peterson. She's joining us live right now. We're talking about Javier Malay, Vivek Ramaswamy. Donald Trump, Rand Paul, Thomas Massey. This is the show for you if you like some of those names. Maybe you like some of them and you don't like others. But no matter what, we think we've got something for you here on the show. So like and subscribe and come back and join us five days a week. I'm still kind of twitching over Thomas Massey deciding to joust <laughs> with me this morning. Boy, I, I'm just so embarrassed by the DeSantis campaign. I think what's happening is what's happened with Massey is that he endorsed him before DeSantis, like, was able to show that he wasn't going to be able to put together a national campaign. And now he's kind of stuck. Do you think that's the case? Mm, yes, not necessarily. Yes and no. Um, but I would say more no. I think that he came out early and endorsed DeSantis. Um, he's given his reasons for it. And they're fairly persuasive reasons. Um, but, you know, anytime Thomas Massey does something, it's because he believes in it and he thinks it's the principal thing to do, even if he knows he's not going to agree with everything DeSantis does. Um, but how many times has Massey like stood alone when everyone else votes the other way? Like he doesn't base his decision on who he thinks is going to win necessarily. And I, you know, I can respect that. Yes, I completely understand. Camelia, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we let you go? <laughs> well, I would just say that, you know, one of the things to keep in mind when people talk about whether it's libertarianism or whether they're talking about uh, feminism in the chat, you know, I know there's been a lot of conversation going on about that is that we need to keep in mind that, um, especially in this culture war stuff, that good things get corrupted, but that doesn't mean that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, the, the origins of feminism were completely bad. So, you know, we've got to totally return. It doesn't mean 
that you know when we are fighting those culture wars in the schools with the with the the books the you know the the pornographic books that they're putting in schools and things like that you know we have to be careful that we address the real problem that is there but we don't overreact so much that we start making fools of ourselves by you know then trying to ban things that really are good things but they get lumped in with with you know this current culture war stuff so anyway nuance it's it's not dead yet right <laughs> it's not dead yet camelia <laughs> peterson follow her on x.com at rare camelia oh, and yes please oh. come join my over 300 new argentinian friends oh my gosh i'm gonna have to <laughs> I, yeah, I retweeted Camelia yesterday and she got a surge of Argentinian friends who have started following me. And now they're all following Camelia and she's like, these are some of my favorite things that they were sending, you know, it's uh, like, yes, and this, in the this one yes. is like, welcome to the forces of heaven. That's something that they say a lot, you know, so. yes. I, I like that one, but I have to admit some of the things I don't understand, like, why are they putting 56% in their profiles and like some other words that I just. There's that's what he won by. Yeah, that's oh, so okay. that's what he won by. That's some of the things that I've been asking. And one of the things, by the way, just a little something, you know, for everybody um, that our friend Alejandra explained was that sometimes they will say something about the neighborhood uh, candidate or the neighborhood guy when they refer because that's how um, Millet's opposition referred to him sarcastically, like they would mock him and say, oh, he's just a neighborhood, you know, person like, so now they use that ironically and like, yeah, who's your neighborhood guy now? He's just a neighborhood guy <laughs> in all of the neighborhoods in Argentina. Right. Camelia Peterson, you rock. Follow it at Rare Camelia. We'll see you next Tuesday. Have a great day, everyone. There you go. Don't want to leave. Don't want to leave. Alejandro. I want your name. Don't want your name. Fernando. Ali Alejandro, Ali Alejandro, Ali Alejandro, Ali Alejandro. Daniela Pensack is up next. Top secret mission, special briefing. Talk about Kamala Harris freaking out about the possibility of Donald Trump winning. We'll talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. A bit about how you're going to go after the other side. Because some heavy-hitting uh, Democrats are sounding the alarm behind closed doors. Uh, President Obama reportedly has said that he thinks the Biden campaign is too complacent when it comes to Trump. Uh, Representative Jim Clyburn has said the campaign isn't breaking through the MAGA wall. Um, Michelle Obama says she's terrified, as we are, uh, about the potential outcome of the election. Now, are, are you scared, first of all, what could happen if Trump ever became, God forbid, president again? And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm She's traveling our country. You know, there's scared no as heck. saying She's that there's scared as heck. Good morning. For office. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Click like and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the content. I know you are, so I'd love to come back and see you tomorrow morning here on Freedom Family Friday. You know, if it's your first time watching the show, we've got all kinds of regular guests on the program. We just had Camelia Peterson, who rocked it, and one of our regular guests who we haven't seen in a while. She needs to be a little more regular. Daniela Pensack joining us live uh, right now from the great of Washington. How you doing there, uh, Daniela? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's good to finally be back again, Austin. Sorry, I've gotten a little busy, but um, feels good to be back on Thursday, Thursday. So, and I can't wait to talk about this next segment here. Okay, well, let's hear about, uh, yes, for Thirsty Thursday. Thank you for reminding us, uh, Daniela, it is Thirsty Thursday. 
you and Camelia make it so. Uh, Tony Martinez was pretty handsome earlier, too. But uh, tell us <laughs> your reaction to Kamala Harris, terrified of Donald Trump winning again. Yeah, no, she, as you guys seen on The View, she said that she is terrified as heck. Uh, she's scared as heck that he's making a comeback. Um, it seems that previously when she was earlier in South Carolina, she actually was expressing um, confidence and that she was fairly confident that the Democrats will fight successfully against Donald Trump. Um, and she's been sharing this message in uh, battleground states like Nevada, Georgia, South Carolina, and so forth. Um, but since Trump's success in Iowa, it seems like um, he's since he's having a strong start uh, this election cycle, she seems to be scared again. And um, the Democrats seem to be scared again. Uh, maybe it has to do with the fact that their leading contender against Trump is an ancient man who probably can't do much um, anyway. But uh, they're a little scared and um, the confidence seems to be waning. So it'll be interesting to see what follows after. Now, they uh, they have a good reason to be scared. I mean, Trump is beating Joe Biden in states that he won in 2020. Correct. Yes, exactly. Um, and like I said, they have every reason uh, with they don't really have any other main Democratic contenders. I think that would be really successful. And, you know, I, looking forward into this election cycle uh, or this season, um, I think that the Democrats will come together uh, because their hatred for Trump is stronger than I believe um, Biden is as a person or as a or as a presidential candidate. But um, it seems like Trump is making a really strong comeback. So Republicans, as I have uh, expected, are also what waging war against Democrats, um, considering the previous administration. And even though a lot of people don't like Trump, I see them rallying together uh, to battle against that. So it will be head to head. Do you think Kamala Harris is terrified, because not because of what Trump will do, but because of her own presidential ambitions? <laughs> Yes, I think that is definitely a part of it. Um, but that what else do you expect from politicians, right? All they care about is their own personal success and their longevity in office. Um, she's probably a little upset that Joe Biden didn't keel over in this uh, this administration or this uh, particular ed presidential cycle. But um, maybe she's crossing her fingers for the next one. We'll see. I mean, he's barely functioning anyway. <laughs> For sure, Daniela. Now, Kamala Harris, she has been probably one of the biggest drags on the ticket. I mean, if the Democrats were to go and vote, they wouldn't vote for Kamala Harris. I mean, her approval ratings, are, are they lower than Biden? I mean, it's, it's, she's universally unpopular. She's extremely unpopular, a little bit unlikable as well. Um, she also seems to be hitting the, the bottle maybe lately. All of her public <laughs> appearances are very questionable. Uh, makes me think if she has some kind of prescription under her belt um, that she's working with. But uh, at any rate, yeah, no, she's not. I, I was kind of confused. I mean, I understand why I kind of understand why Biden, you know, chose her as a VP. I mean, she's a woman of color. I, it, demographically, it scores high with Democrats. So I, strategically, I can see that. But as a person, she's just she's not the most personable, likable, charismatic um individual uh so i am a little bit confused with this choice but at least i could see like strategically why it made sense it just didn't play out in the way that uh, i think that he expected it would it was a very poor choice well, why do you think kamala is so unpopular i mean we understand joe biden people blame him for his policies but why is kamala harris herself so unpopular she hasn't done anything she so i think that um I don't, th you know, that's a really good question. Now, you're probably getting at the fact that maybe it has something to do with the fact that she's a woman. Maybe. I don't know. But I think it's also she's just not very relatable as a person, uh, considering how I've seen her interact with the media. 
um, granted, I don't pay too much attention to Kamala Harris just because she's not the most interesting individual to me, but she doesn't, she just doesn't seem to be that all that personable to me. Um, I think that there was a, there could have been a lot more better picks. There could also have been a lot more worse picks. I think she's kind of middle of the road, um, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of Republicans also, you know, they tried to attack the fact of how she reached success and that she probably slept her way to the top. I don't really know the details about that. That very well could be true. Um, you know, that rings true for a lot of women in the industry, in the political industry. So um, I could see that happening. A lot of people kind of see her as like, you know, not deserving of her position or maybe even a wolf in sheep's clothing. But I don't really see her that that's to be that like smart or calculating to even be considered a wolf in sheep's clothing honestly um she just kind of seems like not a very fun woman to be around <laughs> unless you're montel williams uh that's uh <laughs> now i know a lot of people this morning are really interested to hear your thoughts on javier malay of argentina he gave a speech at davos yesterday i know you didn't have a chance to see it uh, but I've been talking about him and I've been comparing him a little bit to Vivek Ramaswamy here in the United States. Would you say those comparisons are accurate? Are accurate? Is Was Vivek Ramaswamy probably the most libertarian of all of the Republican candidates? Because a lot of people are disagreeing with me. They're saying that, you know, that he's a, a plant, that he's an Obama clone, all this kind of stuff. What's your take on Vivek Ramaswamy and then Javier Malay on both of these gentlemen? Well, I, you know, Vivek is uh, an interesting individual. He's not he was not my favorite um, contender just specifically about his uh, his business history. Honestly, I don't I don't think he goes as far as to say he's like a plant, uh, but I was skeptical a little bit about his history. But seeing how he took his leave uh, just now and then um, also endorsing Trump, I guess, that, you know, that was a kind of a classy move. But all throughout his run, I kind of saw and I think a lot of people saw the passive facade that he was just trying to get Trump's favor and maybe getting um, an admin pick so or becoming an admin pick. So um, very strategic, but a little bit obvious about what he was doing. Uh, but regardless, the way that he took his leave and I think the way that he actually held himself throughout the entire race uh, when he was participating, um, it was admirable. So uh, but the comparison to Javier Malay. Um, I can kind of see it. I, I don't know if I would call Vivek the most libertarian pick, but um, then again, compared to the rest that were running, he, uh, I, I I would say that that's a fair that's a fair debate to have. Um, mm. com comparing him to Javier, I think I would say is a is a decent comparison. I I like Javier Malay a little bit more than Vivek. Um, I think he's a much more interesting individual, um, and I think he'll be good for Argentina. There, there's going to be some difficult road ahead for Argentina economically first, be, you know, before things settle, uh, I think. And Javier mentioned that already. Um, so he's very much aware of that. I just hope that the people of Argentina will stick to the program until it, you know, comes into fruition. Then we see the, the fruit of his labor. Daniela, can I talk to you about um, something of the, the presidential primary right now? Give me your take on what's happening with Ron, the Ron DeSantis campaign. I'd love to hear your thoughts because you're smiling. <laughs> Why are you smiling? Because I've got DeSantis supporters up my ass today on Twitter. They're all really mad at me because I, I'm reminding them that, you know, DeSantis did lock down Florida. Yes, he did. You know, they're trying, you know, they're painting him as this, this, this beautiful, perfect candidate. And I'm like, I don't see it, right? I see him. He's a good governor, but I don't see some miracle happening in New Hampshire or or in South Carolina or anything like that. But I mean, it's like they're holding out hope. They're calling me delusional. And I'm like, why do I why is the libertarian the sanest voice in the room right here? Am I crazy here or are they out of their minds? No, I don't think you're crazy. I think DeSantis is um, 
he's a really interesting guy talking about uncharismatic oh boy he really struggles with that on, on that front um you know i i <laughs> the DeSantis campaign is pretty much crashing and burning right now. And uh, it's kind of funny. To, the reason why I laugh also is because it's just kind of funny to see people, his supporters, like still holding out for hope, despite like the writing, the obvious writing on the wall, as as much as for the rest of presidential candidates uh, that are still running. I mean, we all know Trump is going to be the pick, right? Like, come on. I, I, I understand their ideological stance for supporting DeSantis regardless but it's also just a time of it's 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 a waste of time and resources at this point. Um, but I got to give it to him. At least he's still trying. It's uh, um, he's just a very interesting individual. I don't see him, but I don't see him garnering much success for the rest of the United States. Unfortunately, he's just it's not that he's unlikable. He just he just lacks that charisma that people crave that Trump has. Unfortunately, that's. I don't prefer that people vote that way. You know, I try not to vote that way just based on personality, but that's just how people are in America. I just uh, came up with the most trolly tweet idea that I've ever trolled. Uh, a vote for Ron DeSantis is a vote for Nikki Haley. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Because really hashtag never because hashtag never Nikki, really who we need to be focusing on stopping at the moment before we go after Biden is stopping Nikki Haley. Am I correct? Daniela, are you there? Yeah. No, uh, I completely yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, my my connection or connectivity. I'm up in no, um, but no, Nikki Nikki Haley, yeah, I've yet to meet I know they're out there, but I've yet to meet a Nikki Haley supporter. I've and I'm not just the one saying that. Everyone says that. I, I don't know where they are. <laughs> I know they're out there. But I, like personally, I've never met one. It's very it's fascinating to me her success. Um now talk about a plan. If anyone's a plan, I feel like she is. Um, so, yeah, a vote for DeSantis, unfortunately, guys, you know, is a vote for Nikki. I'm sorry. Daniela. I'm sorry. You. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true, man. They're so mad at me, I'll tell you this morning. But, you know, the voices of reason will prevail. I mean, the thing is, is like people are like, why are you supporting Donald Trump, Austin? And I'm like, well, because I'm supporting who's going to be the candidate, right? The, the reality is it is what it is. Like. John Cardillo, who's a big, big Ron DeSantis guy, the other day was on my show. He said, you know what? If I were whispering in DeSantis's ear today, I would tell him, fold it up, right? Because all this does is further divide us to continue to fight, like, you know, between conservatives and libertarians and populists. We know what the outcome is going to be. And by the way, you know, stop wasting donor money. How about yeah. that, right? Stop yeah, taking exactly. money from people, right? So anyways, I'm just on a rant, but <laughs> Daniela. You know, this primary is is as good as over when the general election comes and it's Trump versus uh, Biden. And that's what it's going to be. Um, what does any pitfalls if you were whispering in Donald Trump's ear? I mean, he's looking good right now. Everything's perfect. If you were a political advisor to Donald Trump now, what would you tell him to do between now and November? Well, I think he has a really good, strong course right now. He should just stay the course. Um, and I would, if I were him, I would refrain a little bit from the uh, character assassination bent that he kind of likes to do. I know that's, I know that was a part of his success, but um, I think he just needs to take a more neutral stance moving forward. He already has the support that he needs, uh, the Republican Party entirely, I think, with exception, with a, with a few exceptions with like the Ron DeSantis people. Um, he has major support, so he just to, could carry on forward. Um, and also, uh, I think that kind of makes me question 
a little bit of, and this is going to be a contentious opinion now, but um, with the previous election with him ensuring and trying to ensure people that it was a stolen election. Look, I understand that there was a lot of discrepancies, especially state by state, um, but with with the outcome of the election. But he needs to obviously let that go right now for for many obvious reasons. He is still under investigation in Georgia and so forth. I think that he shouldn't really talk about that topic, especially because with him pushing that narrative previously, um, I don't I think that brought a lot of Republicans to not vote at all, uh, because why would you if you think everything's fake and stolen? Right. Um, So I personally think that, you know, um, he should probably refrain from mentioning that uh, as much as he does um, during this election season, because it is important for him to, I understand that, you know, some investigations still need to happen. There, there are many discrepancies. I understand that. I'm not saying like nothing happened, but at the same time, we need to be a little bit more realistic with, uh, if he, if he wants to succeed, he should still ensure some confidence in the system. Otherwise it's just going to be another mess. Completely agree. Daniela, you're always so on point on the show, isn't she folks? Come on, give it up. Round of applause for Daniela Pensack. Our regular Thirsty Thursdays guest, uh, Daniela, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go today? Well, Austin, I'm just going to say my usual. <laughs> it's uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Pensac Daniela. I make a lot of interesting posts, so um, some contentious. But if you want to go and uh, look me up on there, it's at Pensac Daniela on Twitter and then official Daniela Pensac on Instagram. She is official Daniela Pensack on Instagram. Lots of great posts over there. Thank you, Daniela. Appreciate you being generous with your time. It's good to see you again. Hope to see you again next week. Same time. Yeah, see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you. What do you guys think of Daniela? You can text the show anytime, by the way, night or day. Let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Donald Trump talking about Nikki Haley. Thomas. Nikki Haley will never secure the border. She doesn't believe in the secure borders. She can't believe in them. She actually opposed my border wall. And she was out of, you know, out of all of a sudden she's opposing the wall. I say, what the hell is going on? She's actually opposing it because she's basically, as you see, you know, when you have all of those Democrats coming in to vote. I don't know that she's a Democrat, but she's very close. She's far too close for you. She condemned the things we were doing with the wall, and yet we had the greatest border, the safest border we've ever had. That included, by the way, your human trafficking. We had the lowest numbers in 38 years. One of the most horrible things we have going on in the world is human trafficking. You think it's an ancient thing. It's not. And what made it so profitable and so big now is the computer, the, the Internet. The Internet made all of that, and it's mostly in women. They traffic in women. And it's a terrible, terrible scourge. And she didn't fight it like she's supposed to fight it. 2016, she stabbed the Republican Party in the back by siding with Barack Hussein Obama against the Trump travel ban. The Trump travel ban said, we don't want people in our country from certain countries that like blowing up their shopping centers and killing people every week. We don't want them. I'm sorry. That's uh, Donald Trump talking about Nikki Haley. Piers Morgan had a conversation with uh, Arizona. Senate candidate Kerry Lake. What if he's in prison? I mean, genuine question. He's facing 91 criminal charges. What if he's convicted of one or some of those charges and actually gets put into a prison cell? I mean, it could happen. Under the Constitution, he would still be able to run the country. But would that be a good thing? 
we've seen the witch hunts. They've been going on since President Trump had the courage to step into the political arena. There's been one witch hunt after the next, and most of it fueled by the media, sadly. And even if he was sitting in Alcatraz, the people will vote for him because they know that he is going to put America first. What if he's in prison? I mean, genuine. I would like to see our president govern from prison, to be honest. <laughs> Not really, but it would be kind of funny to say to see happen. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's such a weird world that we live in. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts. 573-319-1586 is the text line. Again, you can text the show anytime, night or day at 573-319-1586. Tomorrow's going to be a big show. We're going to have Freedom Family Friday. My lovely wife, Stephanie Peterson, will be joining us. You do not want to miss tomorrow's show. Justin Peterson, my brother, will be on the show as well for Freedom Family Friday. He's now a regular Friday guest. It's going to be an incredible show. You do not want to miss tomorrow's show. We've got so much going on in the program that's going on behind the scenes. And you just, I'm just telling you, tomorrow is your day. Make sure that you come back here. Have you had a chance, by the way, to click that like button and subscribe? Come on. Why no, not? Oh, God. What's no, wrong with God, you? Please, 208 no, people no, watching right now. How no. many likes do we have? 56? No. Come on. Don't you think we can get to 100 likes? Come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. Give it up. Hit those likes and subscribe to the channel. Camellia says, good thing that this chat goes away. I could get canceled. Right now, DeSantis supporters and Massey fans are just on the attack against AP over on Twitter. They're so mad. They're telling me, oh, I love you, brother. But it's easy to get sucked, me, to get sucked into a chamber of confirmation bias. He says, you know, because he doesn't want to support Trump. My, my conscience will be spotless at the end of this primary. I am still the same libertarian I was at age 18. Then you're an idiot. Uh, listen, libertarians are the ultimate in confirmation bias. Listen, your conscience will be clear and your principles will be dead along with you. If you're still the same libertarian or same person that you were at 18, that's a bad thing, okay? You haven't learned. You haven't grown. You haven't gotten stronger. You need to learn, adapt, grow, and overcome. Am I right? I want libertarians to win. I want liberty to win. I want Viva la Libertad Carajo, right? I want Thomas Massey to win. I don't want Thomas Massey to end up the same way that Congressman Justin Amash did, okay? Listen, I love Thomas Massey. I love Justin Amash. Justin Amash, duh, okay? He should not have stepped down. He should have fought and tried to retain his seat there in Michigan. I know it was an uphill battle. But what good is Justin Amash doing us now as a regular citizen? Where is he? He joined the Libertarian Party. The Libertarian Party doesn't even want him. They treat him like shit, right? If you're going to get treated like in a, in a party anyway, you might as well get treated by a party that will actually win some elections. Now, you, does that sound cynical to you? Well, it is. Man up, grow up, learn, adapt, overcome. Libertarians, if you are still the same person that you were years ago, you are useless. You must change. It is time to evolve. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got, which is nothing. You cannot, you cannot adopt this loser mentality and let it, uh, let it keep you in this negative feedback loop. You are addicted to losing. You must get tired of winning. Get tired of winning. Learn from Donald Trump, libertarians. You don't have to agree with the policies that he has, but you must learn from Donald Trump because Donald Trump 
is a winner. Donald Trump's going to win this primary. He's going to show Ron DeSantis how to win. Ron DeSantis showed him how to win in Florida, but it doesn't matter. The presidential campaign is a completely different beast. You got to have the riz, mother truckers. You got to have the riz. And he ain't got the riz. He ain't got the riz, right? It's time for us to riz up, learn, get a little bit of charisma. Time for you to learn how to talk to the people, how to be a normal human being. Stop being so autistic when you're out in public, right? Stop doing all the illegal drugs. Start making families. Start making babies. Start taking care of your family. Start taking care of the people in the community. Wouldn't hurt you to go out and volunteer every once in a while. Wouldn't hurt you to actually step up and do something good for your community every once in a while. How about that? When's the last time you gave back? When's the last time you actually stepped foot outside of your mommy's basement and did something useful for your fellow man? You want liberty to win, you gotta get outside your house, you gotta take to the streets, and you gotta stop screaming, Ron Paul, and you gotta be Ron Paul, okay? Hey, Ron Paul, I wish he would run for president again. You gotta run for president again. Put your ass on the line. Get out there and sign on the dotted line. Why don't you run for office, right? Why don't you do something for your community? Try and serve somebody other than yourself a little bit, okay? Right? Have a little ambition, okay? Grow up. It's time to rock and roll. Look at me with all my ambition, right? Javier Malay says, don't ever let anybody attack you for your ambition. Well, thank you, Javier Malay. My ambition is to have a coffee company that sells delicious coffees centered around the founding fathers of the United States. Visit ap4libertyshop.com. Do you want libertarians to win? I know you do. Help me win. Go to ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com right now. Get yourself a Javier Malay Afuera hoodie. Get yourself a little delicious Donald Trump dad's cafefe mug, right? Check out all of our awesome drinkware, our Calvin Coolidge drinkware. Change your tactics. Keep your principles. Learn to differentiate between the two. This show brought to you by listeners just like you. Click like, subscribe, visit AP4LibertyShop.com. Get yourself a custom metal patriotic American sign in. God bless America and God bless the Wake Up America show. And God bless you too. Achoo. We'll see you tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. Don't miss it. Telling you, you're going to want to be here on the Wake Up America show at WakeUpAmericaShow.com.